praise the Lord. This is Brother Julius. I deal with me again. We are going through the book of Ephesians. Now we are entering Ephesians chapter 5. Now, Apostle Paul has given us mystery of the of Christ in chapter 1, 2, and 3. And now he's giving exhortation now to live and please God in chapter 4 and 5. And I will start from verse 31 of chapter 4, where he was giving us exhortation. Actually, from verse 29, he said, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. The word of our mouth is very essential. That's very important that we should keep guard over our mouth. Don't allow corrupt communication. Speak evil of no man is what another Bible verse said. Speak evil of no man. And that's corrupt communication when you are speaking evil of people. Keep your mouth. Guard your tongue. That's what the Bible said. Every idle word a man speaks shall be his judge on that day is what Jesus Christ said. So that's why we should practice to make sure that let no corrupt communication proceed out of our mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying that it may minister grace unto the hearers. First time says, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. How do people grieve the Holy Spirit? Mostly if you disobey, if there's an instruction that the Holy Ghost tells you to do something, and you know it is law and you refuse to do it because of some self-centeredness, he said, then you are grieving the Holy Spirit. But starting one say, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Now I'm reading Ephesians chapter 4. I'm just reading the last few verses before I go to chapter 5. Because it's continuation of that last few verses, what chapter 5 is, in exhorting us how to live our life. So he said, don't allow bitterness. Let what is bitterness? Bitterness is a result of some some issue that anger that you didn't settle before you let it you let it just bury itself in your belly. Anytime some other thing happens, it will bring that situation again to your heart that makes you to be angry. That's called bitterness. You look like oh you have forgotten about it. But the time you see the next person or the man did say something again, that will uproot that evil anger again. Now that's how you did it last year. That is bitterness because you didn't allow a lot of last year to go away, to, to die. That is what bitterness is. And the Bible is saying, don't allow bitterness. Settle it right now, forgive right now before you go to the next day. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. When you look at all those things he, qualified, he said, there are, they are, they are different stages of bitterness. Wrath is like fire that is just glowing. It's not it's not flame yet, just glowing fire. That is like hot hot coal. Because of the bitterness that you didn't get rid of, it's turning to wrath because somebody said something or did something to you again that reminded you of what he did last year or three years ago or last week. That is because you allow bitterness. That's why Apostle Paul is teaching us let all bitterness be put away from you. Let all wrath, because bitterness will turn into wrath. And anger, anger is when it's now turning to flame. And clamor, now that's where you are now beating one another. That's clamor. They're now throwing throws or beating or evil speaking. That's verbal. When it's not just turned to verbal abuse, talking ash words at one another. That's evil speaking. Evil speaking. That's you see that in the house when husband and wife begin to fight because they didn't solve the they didn't settle the problem of last year or last week. Because that's how you did it last week. That and very soon they are now throwing ash words at one another, that's called evil speaking. Very soon somebody slapped the other person, that's clamor. Why? Because of the anger that has been raging. 
or the rod that they didn't put off or the bitterness that have been there two weeks ago that they didn't resolve. So that's why you have to resolve everything. You don't let it come into bitterness. Resolve it. That's why Paul said in the earlier verses that be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your rod. That was verse 26 of Ephesians chapter 4. All of this precept, when we follow it, it will make our life better and easier and holier and loving one another and peaceful. Because when you practice this in your house, you will be able to practice outside the house where you are with co-workers or people in the streets that are just mad that they are unbelievers. But we say that walk in wisdom towards them that are without. That is that they are not even in your household or they are not even believers, but they are outside they are unbelievers. They are going to get mad faster. If you are a Christian, you have long suffering. And long suffering will make sure that you don't allow anger to rage in you. You don't allow bitterness to come unto you. And you quench it before it becomes bitterness in your heart. Now, verse 31, let me continue now, verse 31. When you turn to evil speaking, is when they are now speaking harsh words at one another. Clamor is when they start hitting one another with fists or something. All of those things, you don't want them in the, as a believer. Because it says you have to work worthy of all, work worthy of the vocation where which you are called. You are called to be holy people, saints of God. So you should not manifest all this anger, bitterness, wrath, speak evil, and malice. Malice is when they now begin to say, I want to do harm to him. That is malice. Now he's thinking of what to, how to hurt the other person. Because of the anger, because of the rage, because of the fighting. Now he's not planning what he's going to do to hurt this fellow. That is malice. And the Bible says you shouldn't have any of this in the household of God. It shouldn't be in your heart. Because God is judging everything that is in the heart. And if any of this is in, in your heart, you are going to be condemned by the word of God. And it's going to cause sickness also in person that abhor. If you abhor all of these things, whether it's malice or bitterness, if you abhor it in your heart, it causes sickness and disease. Because that is how the devil come in and you could see some of his fruits. These are all the fruits of the of the works of the flesh that the devil can tamper with, can touch. Because only once the devil see a stain, that's when he can touch that stain, cause disease, and start disease in the stain. So when we get rid of all those stains, these are stains in the in the in the garment of a holy person. So you shouldn't allow bitterness or wrath or anger or clamor or evil speaking or even malice. That wanted to do evil to the other person, how to hurt the next person. It's what they are thinking. That is malice. He said, Boot them away from you. It's what Apostle Paul is saying. And then verse two is the solution. Be ye kind one to another. When you put all of this one away, be kind one to another. Verse 32. Tender hearted is what you have. Tender hearted is somebody, a heart that is easy to be entreated, easy to be talked to, easy to forgive, quick to forgive people. Tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. That is the summary of what he's saying. We are to forgive one another. That is not only in the also between husband and wife and children, also between brethren and brethren in the churches, and between people, Christians and any other person. Forgive them, no matter what they did to you. They may, they don't believe they are unbelievers. This letter is not just to, not just how you should behave between believers and believers. It is. How you should behave in the world, period. So we should be forgiving people and not harbor any animosity against any man. That's what Apostle Paul is teaching us here. That is, be ye kind one to another. That's be kind to all men, not just to believers. Tender hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven you. Now, let's go to chapter 5. 
be therefore followers of God as dear children. That is, we should be following God as very precious children. And walk in love because that is command God gives to us. Christ gave us the commandment to love one another. And we have to walk in that love. What is love? Love is to forgive one another. Love is to overlook whatever fault the other person has. Love is to not even hold grudges, not hold animosity. Love is to love long suffering, patience, and believe in one another. Whatever is it? Don't be suspicious of everybody. That's not love. Suspicious of this fellowship. So that man is not love. Believe in everybody. Say love, believe it all things. We go to that in First Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4 to 8. Tells us what love really is. And that's why we have to walk in that love as Christ also has loved us and has given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for his sweet smelling savor. That's verse 2 of chapter 5. Verse 3. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as becoming saints. You see what I said? We are called to be saints of God. So this ungodliness and sins in the world should not even be named among us. If you are a believer, they shouldn't be accusing you of any other things like this fornication. When you are an unbeliever, that has been killed in your life now that you are a believer. You shouldn't be in fornication or adultery or uncleanness. What is uncleanness? Anytime it's not clean. Even smoking cigarette is unclean. If you are attached to that cigarette smoking, ask God to, to take it away from you. You have to pray that Lord takes it away from you. As you read your Bible, the cigarette desire will take will be taken away from your mouth. Because you say, why is it unclean? Because it's destroying your body. The Bible says that I mean, the, 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 the package that you are buying in the store tells you that the surgeon general said that this thing can cause cancer. Why will you then put it in your mouth and, and smoke it? Everything that is can destroy your physical body is unclean also. And the Bible says your body is expected to be the temple of the living God. So that's why you must get, cut off that smoking cigarette, including all this cocaine and all those uh, habits, alcohol that can destroy your body also. They are all things that are unclean. Covetousness, that's greediness. Let it be not once named among you. So that's what the Bible says. Neither filthiness, verse 4. Filthy, whatever is filthy, even filthy mouth, people that just want to crack dirty jokes, sexual joke, they call it, but it's filthy. You don't want to let that come out of your mouth at all. Or foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient. These are all things that Christians should be sober. Sober mind is what the Bible calls us. But all this, trying to please other people, trying to just create a joke, just to please everybody, to make everybody laugh at you or laugh at, or create a joke about somebody else, people. They are all that not Christianly. They are not Christian-like. Don't try to be the, the talk of the town. Everybody say, well, when the man comes, he just look for some jokes to make everybody smile. Sometimes the jokes is to ridicule other person or ridicule another tribe. And those are all dirty things that the Bible says is filthy. Foolish talk, they call it. He said they are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. You'll be thanking God. Let your mouth be full of praise. He said, let your speech be full of grace. Let your speech be full of grace. That is gracious words. Seasoned with salt. That's what the Bible commanded us. That you be in the book of Colossians chapter 4 verse 6. Verse 5, continuing in chapter 5 that we are reading. He said, for this ye know that no warmonger, what's a warmonger? Those are the abo- adult, adult, adulterers. All the, all the prostitutes are called warmongers. No unclean person, no covetous man who is an idolater. What's an idolater? Covetous, I mean, he's, he's coveting every other person's thing. He he's worshipping something, he's worshipping himself. 
idolater. Anyone that is idolater has no inheritance. He has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no man deceive you with vain words. For because of these things coming the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be not ye therefore partakers with them. Now, I want to make it clear. When we preach the gospel, we preach the gospel that Jesus Christ is the one that can change your life and make you saints of God, make you holy person. When you give your life to Christ and He changes you from within, this automatically becomes your lifestyle, holiness, gentleness. So all of these things will be fulfilling you. But should in case there are some that are still sneaking in because that is what you have been taught when you are growing up, or that is how you have been living your life before, that see, there's the rudiments of that are still in you. That's what is this thing is to, to curb them from you. When you see that these things that you have been doing all along, dirty joke, dirty work, uh, cost words. So that means words like that, and even in, the, in, the, in your language. That is, you are just used to it because everybody is saying it. But when you begin to see the Bible that you shouldn't have this in your mouth, we cut it off of our mouth. Cause words and things like that. That's why he's saying that all those things are the reason why the wrath of God is coming upon the children of the disobedience. So be not ye therefore partakers with them. For you are sometimes darkness. You were pastors, sometimes like that. But now are ye light in the Lord. So we are to walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. So, you have to search out from the Bible, from these letters of Apostle Paul, what is acceptable unto the Lord and do those things. Verse 11. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. Whatever the people are doing in darkness, ungodliness things, maybe homosexuality, reprove them. Or... All these occultic things they are doing, ritualistic things they are doing in their occult, reprove them. Don't have fellowship with them. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. Whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Anything that you reveal and expose things is light. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools but as wise. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. You can see that the days are evil, even in this generation right now, evil things are happening everywhere all over the world. Shooting in the streets, sometimes in some places. Earthquakes in some places. Terrorism in some places. Kidnapping in some places. Ransom money they are collecting. All those things are evil things. But you prayerfully redeem the time. Pray always. Pray always. What the Bible says, pray always. And the angels of God will be protecting you and surrounding you. That's why he said, redeeming the time with prayer. Verse 14. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine, when in success, but be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit of God. That is, do things that the Spirit of God wants. Prayer, singing praise to God. This is how you are showing that you are filled with the Spirit. Praising God always, singing praise to God always, and prayerful. Attending Bible studies and so on. Verse 19. Speaking to yourselves in Psalms and hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Everything you are doing, you are doing it to the Lord and for the Lord. And the Lord is going to be blessing you because you are walking with the Spirit now. Christ Jesus is that Spirit. Verse 20. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. That you are going to give thanks in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because without Christ, we are not even acceptable until we have Christ. 
So that's why we everything we are doing, we are giving thanks to God in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we are thanking God through Christ Jesus. Submitting ourselves, submitting yourself one to another in the fear of God. So this in the body of Christ, submitting one to another. Don't don't try to dominate. Some people they they have that uh, personality wants to dominate the discussion, want to dominate in in meetings. Say so you should not be like as believers. You should be humble, humble one towards another. Well, they, they have made you the president. Yeah, that doesn't mean you should be dominating everything. Or you are the pastor, that doesn't mean you should be using uh, like iron ham to rule over everybody. No, it's a gentle spirit. It's what you are following. The spirit of God is gentle. It's not going to force anybody, but gentle. That's what the Bible says. And it's now it's now telling us in this way that you have to submit one to another. The pastors, the preachers, the laymen, we have to submit one to another, helping one another. Don't say because they have made me the captain, I must be one to rule everybody, bully everybody that does not come. No, if they don't come, you ask them to come, you still appeal to them because you are not better than anybody here because they make you the captain. It's just like in a soccer field. They say, well, let's choose one of us to be a captain. They say, oh, you, you be the captain. That doesn't mean he's the better person. He doesn't have to be the best player, he's the captain. But they just want you to be the captain. But you see, don't try to you know, enforce yourself over it, but I'll try to dominate in discussion. No, it has to be gentle, gentle spirit. It's what God has given to us. If you have the spirit of God, it to be gentle spirit. And that is what he's saying on here that be now you should submit yourselves one to another. Now it's going to bring it to individual household in verse 22. Because when it comes to the household of household of individual, the submission is a little bit different. Because now he's saying your wife submit to your husband. But in the body of Christ, as between pastors and and people that are in the, on this on the seat, between this brother and that brother, that sister and that sister, we should just be submitting one to another in humility, in gentleness, humility. Don't try to dominate in the meeting. Don't try to say they must hear your word, they must take your suggestion, or otherwise you are out of here. That means you are you are dictating. When you say you have suggested something, you don't demand that they take your suggestion. They implement your suggestion, otherwise you are no more in the, you're not part of it. That is not called suggestion, that's called dictating. You are dictating, you are becoming a dictator. So he said you have to submit one to another. If they decide and say, we agree with this man's suggestion and not yours, just go along with them. You may say yours is better, yeah, but if they are, there have been a place in the church where people have to vote and say, this is what we want to, we want to build another building, we want this type of building. Oh no, we don't this new type of building. And they say, let's vote. And the one that said this type of building, they say, well, if you don't take my suggestion, I'm going to walk out of this church. I'm no more coming to the church. That is pride. That is trying to be a dictator. God doesn't want that type of dictatorship. He wants us to submit one to another in humility. If they say they are going to vote, that's all. And then vote and decide which one they want to build in that type of environment so the same way in the body of christ is submitting yourself one to another in the fear of god in the fear of god that's why we are submitting one to another not because he's bigger than me not because he's better than me not because he's uh, he's more educated than me that's why i submit no in the fear of god i fear god that say we should submit one to another not because i'm not educated as he is not because i'm the um this or that just submitting one to another in the fear of god now he's going to our soul of individual now between husband and wife, there's a rule here. Verse 22 says, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. So that's a, a different caveat here. Because 
we are submitting to Christ as the, as the ruler of our head. Wives, submit to your husband as the head over the household. That's what he's saying right here, as, as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and is the savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. So that's why I'm trying to say, when it comes to the individual household, the different rule. The wife is to submit to her husband, does not mean the husband is to become a dictator either. And it's going to address that in the next verse 23. Verse 25. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he, that's Christ, might present it to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it, the church, should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife, loveth himself. So what happens to say? It is love that should be ruling the household. It is love that the husband should be using to live with the wife. Not dictating. You must do what I say, otherwise you are out of here. No, that's dictatorship. It's your love. Sometimes the woman may not like to do what the husband is suggesting or wanting to do. And doesn't mean that you kick the woman out or start fighting or beating the woman down because you are much smaller, much stronger. No, it is love. Sometimes pray that she will see it. Pray that she will be submissive. Many times the church has not been doing what Christ wants, but Christ is still allowing us to continue as his bride and is trying to correct us and shape us. You see the book of Revelation chapter 2 and 3. That is how Christ dealt with the church in love. So his husband, love your wife also the same way. Not, not bullying, but correcting in love. Pointing out some things in love. Because there will be repercussion for disobedience also. The percussion is not you take a whip and whip the person. God is telling us, God is not the one putting sickness upon us. He's just telling us, if you don't do it this way, the devil is the enemy that's going to cause all these troubles for you. It's not God that's chastising, whipping us with whip and so on. He's just allowing the devil to go and do his devil, devil trick. But when we are lined up with God, obedient to God, the devil cannot come near us because he has to get permission from, from our father before he can be allowed. And he will be allowed because he could see the stains in our clothes. And that stains is what the devil is going to hit. And, and the only way to get of the saints is to make sure we are in line with Christ and we are doing what Christ says we should do and then the devil has no chance against us. So the same way Christ is not the one that is whipping us so the same way you are when you are trying to live with your wife doesn't mean you, you when she has done something you begin to whip the woman with, with the fist no. There will be some correcting some things that will show itself in that way if you have done it like I did like I suggested this will have occurred. That is a repercussion. That we tell, that you teach some people lesson, than you begin to beat the fellow with the fist when they are not little kids. You do that when you are raising a children also. A child can be raised by spare the rod, spoil the child. What Bible say? That is because you are training the child. But an adult wife is not that. It's not that. It's not that kind. You don't use a whip to be able to say I'm chastising my wife. No way. But the percussion that if you have done it, my suggestion, this would have occurred. It's like a spilled milk. If you have not put it where I say, don't put this cup there, 
this thing will not have then you have to be cleaning it up also. So that is the type of thing, the love that you should be using. Not a fist, not a fist bite beating one another up. Not even beating one another with words. Because sometimes words are hit people sharper than the, the whip. So that's why we have to walk in love. Sometimes just keeping quiet is enough to make people see that they have made a mistake when the repercussion showed up and said, without even saying, I told you so. Without even saying, I told you so, just the realize that he's coming and say, that's what we, that's what I suspected would happen. And so that is exactly how we teach one another and encourage one another to do better. Verse 29 says, For no man ever yet ate his own flesh, but nourished and cherished it, even as the Lord the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. Verse 31. I'm reading Ephesians chapter 5. In verse 31, he said, For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. Now, many people have talked about this. Somebody who asked me what I said. The Bible says a man should leave his father and mother. Why is the mother, why is the woman leaving? When they say a man leaves, it does not mean that he is going to go and join the woman in her parents' house. No. It's simply saying they should become a new, a new entity, not, to, not under, any, under the jurisdiction of their father or father in law anymore. They are to form their own entity living by themselves, making it by themselves. They don't have to go and live with the mother or with the family of the woman, no, with the family of the man. The only reason why they, sometimes they go and live with the family of the man is because they don't have a place of their own yet. But that's, if they are going to live with the family of the man, yeah, that's what many people do in, uh, in this society, this generation. But it doesn't really mean that they should still be under the law of their, of their father-in-law. That's why Apostle Paul says you should now be a new entity, a new unit. You can be renting, you may not rent, you may even be living in your father-in-law's house, I mean, the father's house, but you should be unique that what you decide between you and your wife and your children is you. Of course, if it's violating your father's law, the father will say, yeah, just park and go and live, go and get your own house also. That's true. But if you are not violating his law, you can live in harmony. But if you are still under their coattail, that they are dictating to you, it may cause a fight in your household between you and your wife. That is really what Apostle Paul is saying there. If you cleave to your wife now, you are now in you a new unit. You leave your father and mother and be joined unto your wife. The two become one flesh. Even though you are still living on your, your father's house, but if you are, if you are one flesh with your, with your wife, your father's instruction you don't be breaking between you and your, your wife. Or your mother's interference should be breaking between you and your wife. If that is happening, you should go and live by yourself, you and your wife in a separate house where they are not intruding. See, that's what he meant by saying, leave your father and mother and join to your wife. You are now a new entity that you will be making your own decision and resolving your problem. That doesn't mean you can't bring the problem to your parents to help you solve it if you are having a problem. People even talk to pastors if they are having marital issues. But he's saying, you are now a new entity standing with your wife, join together, solve the problem together by the word of God and the Lord will help you. Verse 32 says, This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. So, the chapter 5 of the book of Ephesians addresses how we should live one with another in the household of faith, submitting one to another. Also, talks about how the husband and wife should live together as a new unit when you are married. 
joining one to one to another and submitting one to another in love as believers, but also wives submit to your husband, husband, love your wife, as the Bible has said here. And I'm going to pray for any of you that are having some troubles you are going through. Jesus Christ said, if we ask anything in his name, he will do it. So I'm going to pray for you. If you have sickness in your body right now, lay your hand upon the part of your body that is hurting or that is having any sickness. And as I command right now in the name of Jesus Christ, your body will be well. Father, I pray for all the people that are listening to me right now in the radio land. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, I command the spirits of sickness and disease to come out of them and enter them no more in the name of Jesus Christ. I say so. All you spirits of sickness and disease that are causing pains or affliction or sickness of what kind, come out of this world and listen to me. And enter them no more in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. That is it, friend. You are healed. Believe it. Say it with your mouth. Say, I am healed. Say, I receive my healing right now. Say it again. I receive my healing right now in Jesus' name. And begin to thank the Lord. Just lift up your hand and thank the Lord right now. Say, Father, I thank you for healing me. Thank you, Jesus Christ, for healing me. Say, thank you, Jesus Christ, for healing me. Say it again. Thank you, Jesus Christ, for healing me. By His right, we were healed. By the stress of Lord Jesus Christ on the cross, you were healed. Amen.